Hi, I'm Jill Sylvester, licensed mental health counselor and author of the self-help book, Trust Your Intuition, 100 Ways to Transform Anxiety and Depression for Stronger Mental Health, and the young adult self-help fiction novels, The Land of Blue and Devon Dream Agent Book One in the Devon series. Each of my books deals with the theme of intuition because for me, it all comes down to listening to and trusting your own inner voice, the one of your best self, the highest self, in order to live your best life and also to trust that voice and develop it in order to help and serve humanity. Hi, and welcome to this week's podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how you already have everything you need right now to succeed. I've heard a lot of people talk about how they're waiting for this year to be over. They're waiting for, you know, um, to move, to change relationships, get out of relationships, start relationships, when their kids change, when their spouse changes, when they get a promotion, um, then everything's going to be better. And so I felt like the theme this week should be about how really everything right now is perfect for you, where you are in your personal development to be aware of the things that you might want to tweak in yourself in order to grow. And I say you might want to tweak, you know, and change about yourself because you don't have to. You you don't have to do any personal development work. You don't have to choose to grow. You can stay completely on the vibration you're at. And nobody, certainly not me, is going to begrudge you that because it's your life to live. You get to create. We're all the great creators of our life. We get to create every single day exactly what we want with what we are given, how we want to interact, how we want to proceed, how we want to think so that we can feel good or not good. You know, sometimes we're addicted to those negative payoffs that are there. They're always there in our self-destructive behavior. We all have them. So we're all the great creators. And when you choose to stop, and think that you already have everything that you need to succeed right now, it really puts you back in the driver's seat of your life because you've never left. Sometimes we just forget that that is our position, that we are in charge of our lives because we're in charge of the way we think about what's happening. So we don't necessarily need something out there to change before we can feel okay or better or prettier or more fit or more intelligent. Everything we need to succeed and feel good, peaceful and powerful, I mean, that's what I always think we're going for is peaceful and powerful at the end of the day. The authentic kind of power where we feel good in our own skin with what we're doing, with the, you know, to the best of our abilities, just living our life to the best of our abilities, not needing to be perfect, just feeling peaceful and authentically powerful within ourselves. And you have every tool that you possibly need to know right now for where you are. So if this speaks to you, if you're in that place of paralysis by analysis because you're, you know, just waiting for things to happen because you feel like you can't make a move until something like the skies part and then you're going to know what to do, you already have all the momentum inside of you and that's where you have to reach down and decide that you're going to take the next move and not wait for something out there to happen, but decide for yourself to take action. Because when you take action, that's where the landscape outside yourself changes. It's so often we point to the thing over there that needs to happen before we can move forward, before we can, you know, 
um, feel like we have a green light to move, but it's really inside of us. And once we take the steps we need, the universe returns it in kind. And that's where it's mirrored back to us. Everything is a mirror. So again, if this speaks to you, then let's create a roadmap for how to get yourself unstuck, moving in the direction that you want to go, which I hope is out of fear, so, so, so much fear, and into the light, which is always there. And when I say light, we're not talking about sunshine and roses and like you're living in this la-la land of your own bubble, but it means that you're among the chaos and the noise, but you individually in your own energy field, which in turn affects the rest of us, feels that peace and power that I'm talking about. And if enough of us do that, then the landscape collectively that we see will change. And if you do this work on a daily, weekly, regular basis, then you already know this. You know, you've gotten glimpses of that. Um, but let's, let's start at the beginning so that we can set a plan in motion. So first step, you want to be aware. Awareness comes in the moments that we find ourselves standing in when something irks us, annoys us, um, you know, whispers to us, and it just gets us in this place that we realize, oh, I'm at a crossroads. Something here needs to happen on my end, and I have to be the one to make a move so that the next right move presents itself so that the ball is in someone else's court, and then I'll need to know what to do with that. Being aware means that you are very present in your moments. Your senses are heightened. You are feeling like you're being called to do something. You're feeling like you know among the, the uncomfortable feelings that you feel that there's something there for you to learn and pay attention to. And that's what I mean by the whisper. Land of Blue is all about discerning between the gremlin voice that's loud and annoying and aggravating and all the things that we just, you know, just just struggle with so much. And the other voice is that whisper. It's that little, little feeling of like, I think I need to do something here. I think I need to wait. I think I need to just stand still and let, you know, just things just kind of be where they are at the moment and just watch it until I have clarity on what to do. Or maybe it's a moment where you go, wow, normally I really want to judge that person and I really want to bring to light their behavior and tell them how it is when I might just want to step back and have a different viewpoint of where that person is on their path and their personal development trajectory and realize that if they knew better, they would do better. So maybe just standing in this moment of allowing that person to be where they are, hold the space for them or set boundaries if I need to, but maybe saying nothing just to allow that person the space to be and just holding the space or stepping into a new space of our own and still allowing that person to be. That's what the whisper does. It, it stops you for a moment so that you start to be heightened to what is being presented to you for an opportunity for your highest self to make a decision to go in a different direction. And that leads us to step two, which is 
doing something different than what you normally do. So in the case of judgment, and judgment has been screaming at all of us these past eight months, who's doing what right? Who's doing what's wrong? Who is supporting this person? Who is supporting that person? You know, if you stop and you get still in your moments and decide who you want to be. If, if you want to be a person like that, if you want to judge, then again, it's your life to create. You can do that. But if it bothers you in those exchanges, and if you don't want to be that kind of a person, then I encourage you to, and this, you know, I, I feel like we're all, all of us, everyone, me, you, our parents, our grandparents, our kids, our friends, our neighbors, our colleagues, we're all being called to pay attention to how we judge. Judgment is rooted in fear. It's fear of not being able to control a situation or a person. And when you can get really real with yourself in that moment, it starts to become almost comical. Like, why do I need a person to agree with what, how I think? How I think is the way I think. And if that works for me, you know, being the creator of my life, then that's how I'm going to pursue it. It's up to each person to create for themselves. When you can stand in a moment, hear that whisper, become aware of an opportunity for you to do something different, and then apply a different tool, a different strategy, something you read in a book, something you picked up on a podcast, something your neighbor or your friend said to you that you thought, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to I wanna try that sometime. That sounds really, really good. When you stand in that moment of choice and then apply something different to the moment, you're going to get a different result. So maybe if you've been judging your neighbor for how they voted or, or didn't vote or how they um, are dealing with the whole pandemic or whatever is, is going on, maybe you just stop in a moment and just think about how to see it from their point of view. And maybe based on their life situation, you know, you would be doing the same thing because of course you would because you'd be them. And if you're them, you'd be doing what they want to do. So standing in that spot and trying on a different pair of shoes, so to speak, so that you can see it from another person's point of view. It doesn't mean you have to agree with it. It doesn't mean you have to like it. But just to widen that elastic kind of thing in your own energy field, if you're stuck and you're rigid and you're tight and this is the way it is and this is the way my people have always done it and we're not going to do anything differently, then if it works for you, keep it going. But if it doesn't, and at the end of the day, if you're questioning yourself and you're having a lot of guilty feelings and ruminating and perseverating, which is a lot of what I've been listening to over the past two weeks and months, really, um, of people not liking the way they feel about that, then that is your time to stand at that crossroads and try something different. And if it doesn't bring you a good result, then that's okay. You know, you can, you can move forward from there and try something different from that point of view. But the idea is to apply something new so that you can raise the bar for yourself, so that you can widen your energy field, so that it's more encompassing, it's more welcoming, it's more connecting. You know, connecting to people that might look different than you, feel different from you, um, think different from you, so that you can appreciate. It's like a namaste to each person. Like, I honor you for who you are you know, please see me and honor me for who I am. It's a respect and an understanding. Again, it doesn't have to be agreement. You don't have to like it. But when you widen that elastic, when you, when you expand your energy field, 
you're standing in a different space, which then allows you to bring new opportunities to you because you're manifesting something different by that simple choice of trying something new. When you do that, more things come to you. More people, more like-minded souls, opportunities, things manifest because you're putting into motion something different. So you're going to create a different result. And that can be really, really exciting. But the hard part is doing it in the first place. It's making a choice to, you know, apply what you've learned because you can't forget if, you know, if you, if you say, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I forgot that tool. Or I forgot to use it. Or I used to do that, but I don't do it anymore. I forgot about it. I lost it. You never lose something that you've learned. It's in your blueprint. You've never lost it. It may go dormant. You may forget to remember, you know, how to apply it. But you don't lose it. So when you're still, when you become aware, that's when you can feel a little bit more momentum to create an opportunity for yourself because you're allowing the ideas to come instead of being impulsive and just on autopilot. And, you know, sometimes we just get, you know, we just go and we become reckless. And that's how we do damage with our words and our behaviors. When we stop and we pause, that's how you allow the information to come back to you and present themselves in an idea or a thought or an old memory. And you say, oh, I forgot how to do that. And now I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to apply this technique or that used to work for me years ago, that strategy, and I kind of got away from it. Well, there it is. Trust that it's the perfect time, that it's coming back to you so that you can apply it again. Because, you know, knowledge is power. And again, you can't lose what you've, what you've gained in knowledge. You really can't. But wisdom is in the application of that knowledge and applying what you've learned. And you've got a far easier time of it to apply what you learn when you are still, when you're quiet. Even just taking a breath, squeezing your fists is, is something I like to do in the moment to stop that reactivity, stop that impulsiveness. Just slow your car down. That's what I, I say to kids over the years. Slow your car down. Just squeeze your fists and just put it into a lower gear so you can stop and think about which direction that you want to go. So being aware and then doing something different. You get a way better chance of doing something different when you slow yourself down so that you can think about it. Okay, when we come back, we'll talk about the third step in the roadmap of not needing something out there to make you feel better, but trusting inside yourself. We'll be right back. This week's sponsor is Revive and Company. They are located at 208 Main Street in Weymouth, Massachusetts. Revive offers breakfast all day, revitalizing salads, pressed sandwiches on fresh five grain bread, power bowls made to order, flatbread wraps, smoothie bowls, house-made juices. And these are just some of their delicious offerings. Dairy-free, gluten-free, and vegan options also available. I always get the veggie power bowl when I go. It's greens, warmed veggie confetti, hummus, rice, quinoa, balsamic dressing, and it's so good. I also get the super beet juice with apple, beet, cucumber, celery, lemon, and ginger, minus the cucumber and the celery because that's just the way I like it. And it is awesome. Try it yourself and see. For more information, visit reviveandco.com. That's R-E-V-I-V-E-N-Co.com. This is where you celebrate your decision to act. This is the part 
in my opinion, that people tend to miss. We are so good at going over and over and over all the dumbass things we say and the choices we make that affect people in a negative fashion. We beat ourselves up for it. We beat ourselves up for the, you know, too much sugar we ate yesterday or last week or what we said to somebody five years ago. We're so good at staying in that place. What we are not so good at is choosing to celebrate the decisions we make that move us forward. Stopping and saying, wow, I slowed myself down, I was aware, and then I remembered this, you know, technique I wanted to do or apply, the strategy I learned back in therapy 20 years ago, or I made a decision to just not judge somebody else, or made a decision to still honor my truths when people were putting me down for that. Stop and celebrate that decision because when you stop and celebrate the decision you made, you're getting it down into your cells that this is a good feeling. Sometimes we can become so addicted to the negative feelings because it's what we know, um, it's what we've always done, it becomes habitual, and if you really go way underneath... It's often what we feel we deserve, that we don't feel we deserve any better than that. So we just keep doing things over and over. When you stop and say, that felt good. I feel so good about myself that I paused and I listened to that other person finish telling me about their day and why they made a decision to do what they did because it felt great for them with, with no interruption from yourself. Just to stop and listen. Wow, I feel so good I did that. Wow, I feel so good that I didn't judge that person for smoking on the beautiful trail that I walked on this morning with my husband and my dog when I wanted to and say, why are you polluting this area that we're walking in? You know, stopping and saying, because if they knew better, they'd do better. Just stopping. No need to say anything. No need to judge. No need to, to you know, everybody's got their own addictions, myself included. So it's... Stopping and celebrating the fact that you did something different and then you chose to stand in a moment of good feelings. Challenge yourself to stand there for 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Sometimes it's really uncomfortable to stand in the good feelings. As absurd as that sounds, sometimes it's really uncomfortable to stop and say, I feel really good about myself that I did that. I feel good about myself that I didn't have a knee-jerk reaction or give someone a dirty look or say something to them. I did something different. I rose higher than that. I had compassion for that person. I allowed that person to speak. I allowed that person to be who they are. I allowed my husband, my spouse, my children, my partner, my colleague to voice their opinion and just held the space for them and didn't, and didn't have to you know, interject mine. You know, challenge yourself to allow the good feelings to settle all the way down into your bones, into your muscles, into your tissues, into your cells, to really feel good about it. Because what's awesome about that exercise, standing in goodness, standing in the good feelings, in the good decisions, is that it fuels you further to do them again. The hardest time is always the very beginning. So when you stop and allow yourself the space of congratulating yourself, 
of making a decision that's totally different or, you know, deviates from the norm of how you usually behave, this is how you create that roadmap for yourself to continue on that path and to keep making those good decisions so that you can, the next time when your child is doing something instead of yelling, you say, I handled it with grace before, I can handle it with grace again. And if you don't, don't beat yourself up, just go to the next time. Because again, once you make that choice that first time, you can do it again. Stand in goodness. Stand in that moment of feeling good about applying what you've learned, taking the time to insert a choice, because that's where power comes from. It's in recognizing that you have a choice and that you do not have to wait for something outside of yourself to materialize or manifest before you can move forward, before you give yourself permission to feel okay. You can do it right now based on the little choices that you have in front of you in each and every moment to either go toward the darkness, the negativity, and the fear, or to move toward the light and feeling that power from making that decision. Because how you make that decision for yourself to feel better is then the energy that you emit, which affects everybody around you, which affects the collective consciousness. So if you can't do it for yourself, then do it for everybody else. And if you don't want to do it for everybody else, then do it for yourself because it's going to affect all of us in a positive way anyway. Okay, getting to the questions this week. First question was parents, um, I'm going to lump a few of these, a couple from session and then an email I received on technology and kids. Huge issue. Obviously, kids are playing games and, you know, on their computers a lot more with, with you know, th- this whole year. Um, and, you know, it's it's just part of, part of the landscape, you know, for sure. Um, but one of the questions was behavior and bedtime and kids playing through the night. And I'm pretty passionate on this subject. So just briefly, I'm going to say, if you are a parent and your child is on there, you know, we're talking about younger kids. Um, When I say younger, middle school, younger, even early years in in high school, um, your job as a parent is to take that phone or those devices away from them at night. Seniors in high school, they need to manage their own time. They need to figure it out because they're going to be going off to college and, and, you know, needing to figure out how to get enough sleep and get up the next day and be successful. But lower than that, you know, younger grades um, than, than, you know, seniors-ish in high school. And, you know, your, your home is your own, so you got to run it your own way. But just as a general mental health uh, to avoid, like, crises in that department framework kind of thing, take the phone away. Take the devices away. Put them in your room. Lock them up. These kids are up through the night. Um, not everyone, for sure, but there's, there's, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. And it's affecting their performance the next day in terms of behavior. And research shows that kids who don't get the right amount of sleep at night are going to be far more anxious and depressed. So if this speaks to you and this is happening in your home, take the phones away. They can have them the next day. They can have them as long as you you know deem them to have them the next day when their homework's done or whatever works in your house. But at night when they're sleeping, take the phones away. They're going to sleep better. They're going to feel better. They're going to behave better. You're going to have more harmony in your home, and you're going to have a child who is much more stable, much more balanced, and that's, you know, it's, it's 
things just flow from there. So that's that's my thoughts on that. Okay, second question is living with a depressed person, how do we keep the vibe high? You, definitely a challenge when you live with somebody who's depressed or anxious or negative or fearful in any way. Um, it's difficult. But back to what we talked about with compassion. You know, stand in your own space. Be mindful of your own space, of the work you're doing, recognizing that another person, just fitting into the the content of this week, they don't need to do anything really um, for you to be okay. You're okay as you are. You're doing the work so that, you know, you're going to feel better. Um, Is it a challenge to live in a house with somebody like that? Absolutely. Absolutely it is. But you can do it. Um, And you do it by setting an example, you know, you live your life the way you need to. If you're living with a narcissistic person, they have a tendency to make you feel, you know, bad about um, your behavior or guilty about you being okay and them not being okay. So, you know, that would be a sign of a person trying to control you. Just set a boundary, you know, set a simple boundary of, you know what, you need to do you. I respect your space, but I'm going to do mine. I've done too much work to be dragged down. If you need to talk and you need to... Um, uh, vent, then certainly as a partner, that's that's a that's a good strategy to sit and hold the space. But you got to cap it because if you're doing it all day long, you're going to be drained, and then that makes it very difficult. So you need to be super mindful, um, and it absolutely can be done. But you have to be mindful of your own space, you know, allowing of the other person, and certainly being there as a resource. But again, putting putting a limit on it and a boundary on it will will help you stay in the space you are. Okay, lastly, um, this came up in session a couple of times this week, is people really suffering from not living the life that they want to live, and this also falls into the theme of this week's content of the podcast. Um, It's hard to jump from A to Z if you're not living the life you want to live and there's a totally different career or a totally different person that you want in your life. It's hard to do that. So, So what I would say to that, um, with the questions I was asked this week with with um, different clients that I talked with, is you have to practice every single day doing the little things of what feels right to you. So, for example, if you don't feel like talking and you just feel like being quiet, then be quiet with no explanation. If you feel like talking and you, you know, just want to talk about something and that's out of character for you and you want to talk and you feel like you haven't heard your own voice in a while in your home, then do that. Eat what you want. Watch what you want on TV. Make choices, the little choices, that seems like it's not answering the question of how do I live the life I want to live, but it does. Because the little choices are what add up to the big choices. Every time we make a choice that's in favor of our heart, it's not about hurting somebody else. It's about loving yourself enough that you're living by example to show another person how to do that for themselves. And every time you make a choice for you and to follow your heart and your own truth and what speaks to you, you're being led in a direction that will, you know, you'll find yourself in where suddenly you're there and it's easier to make a decision about whether to leave a relationship or stay in a relationship, leave a job, stay in a job, um, you know, speak up, not speak up, whatever that is for you. But start with the little choices and you'll find that you end up exactly where you need to be, knowing what you need to do at the right time. Thanks for listening. 
If you like today's podcast, please hit subscribe and share with your people. And please check out my books and products at www.jillsylvester.com where you can sign up for my weekly blog to receive tips and strategies to deepen your intuition and live your very best life. Thanks for listening.